Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, here we are. I just barely made it back. Uh, guess what I was doing, Kenny? Guess- Eating something. No, well, I was doing that as well, oh. but I was upstairs uh, with the wife watching ESPN. Oh. Because guess what's happening on ESPN right now? Something sports-related. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. Good guess. Yes. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's called the Patriots Competition Diving Competition. Uh, a, a bunch of colleges are diving against each other, including the U.S. Naval Academy. And my granddaughter, Isabel, Izzy, is diving for Navy. Really? Yep. Okay. And I she did I don't think I can really well. In here. fact, I, I only got to watch the, uh, no. the one dive. But she did a beautiful backward double somersault type thing, and she entered the water with hardly a ripple. Nice. So it was perfect. Awesome. Anyway, speaking of sports, uh, kind of disappointing last night. My uh, well, for for a couple of reasons. First of all, the wild. What happened in one day? Yeah, the wild. Um, you know, it's funny, Brad, because I was in my car last night. And I was listening to it on the radio, and I was listening prior to the start of the game. And Tom Reed mentioned something that was quite astonishing. He mentioned that Winnipeg has a number of players that have played in every single game. The Wild have hardly any players. I don't remember what the numbers were. that have played in every single game. And we've had a lot of key injuries. Our captain... Out for the season, uh, yeah. key players, uh, players that uh, you know are integral parts. Not that they all aren't, but you know you get your guy like uh, uh, Marcus Foligno, and Jonas Brodeen was out for a lot of games. It, that's been a big part of this. Well, did you notice last night that we had another injury? Um, what's what's his name? Bogusan or the defenseman? Bogosian. Um, Bergrosian, yeah. He got injured at the end of the first period, didn't skate the rest of the game. There you go. Lower body injury. We need to fill up with young guys, young guys that can heal fast and are fast on their skates. Well, that was the one thing, um, because this uh, uh, this this one this new defenseman we got, Chisholm, he came from the Winnipeg Jets. And the reason that he came is because they're loaded with big, strong defensemen. Did you notice that? Yes. They've got a lot of guys, six foot, six two, six three, yeah. and they're pretty physical team. And they have not had injuries. So he sat for, you know, literally the whole season without being put on the line. So he was available. But he's he's obviously very good. But uh yeah, they did show during the game last night that uh we have, I think, four guys out with injuries. They had nobody off the roster. Yeah, and that's, I think, something you can point at that's been a big part of this team's inconsistencies. And we're saying this on the heels of the most goals they've ever scored in the franchise history. I know. Uh, that's to, what I mean. Uh, yeah, but it is what it is, and you keep plugging away. 
and the Wild will keep plugging away. Now their next game is going to be at Edmonton Friday night, 8 o'clock, drop of the puck, Wild at Edmonton. That'll be a big game as well. Well, they're all big from here on out because uh, they gotta they got to get a four or five wins in a row yeah. again to get right back in the playoff See, mode. Well, I, I've got to ask you, Brad, night, are you in, yeah. are, do you have any Norwegian heritage in your uh, background? That you know yes. Norwe- no, oh, do you? Yes. Yeah. This is the Norway national anthem. for me to play the entire thing just because of time constraints. Well, no. Well, I was going to say, what caused you to play that? Today, Brad, is King Harold the Fifth Day. King, <laughs> king Harold is the king of Norway. He's still alive. He's 87 years old. Wow. Yeah. Now, if you recall, King Harold came to Duluth for the rededication ceremony at Enger Tower back in 2011. There were a lot of people that gathered up there. Uh, Mayor Ness at the time had Skyline repaved (laughs) so that the king had a nice road to drive up to uh, Enger Tower. But it was a nice dedication, and he was here. And there's a lot of Norwegians in our region. I do kind of remember that, Yeah, yeah. Say, speaking of Skyline Boulevard, uh, any information on the person that was hit uh, walking up there, either walking or running? I know. No, that was sad. And I I heard that last night. I thought, wait a second. I go to that location where it happened, where 5th, West 5th uh, terminates or begins at Skyline. I thought, wait a second. What happened here? This is kind of frightening. Well, they, they, from what I read and what I saw, the person that hit the man uh, with his vehicle did not have uh, any alcohol or whatever. So it must have just been either tough to see something. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But they didn't have much of anything. They said the person that was hit did die, though. Yes. Oh, man. That's tough, tough, horrible. I mean, that's an area I walk in from time to time. I don't want to say often, but for certainly from time to time. But uh, that's what that's another one of those reasons why if you're going to walk or run or do whatever exercise at night, wear some clothes that stand out. Uh, go out to see Jimmy yeah. out there at uh, Tortoise and Hare and get yourself some. Uh, a jacket that's got those uh, uh, fluorescent colors on it that just jump out at night, that it you flashes know, light. That's good advice, Brad. And I don't know if this is the proper place to say this because somebody died, and I don't know any of the circumstances. However, I have observed that people, some people that walk on Skyline, they think that they can just walk right up on that white line to approaching traffic. And I right. think a lot of times they don't realize that Maybe you don't pull over or cross the yellow line, which you're really not supposed to do, because there's oncoming traffic onto the driver that you're walking towards. When I walk up there, Brad, I don't challenge cars. No. no. I back away from the street. I hold my dog, and I wait for traffic to go by because I know that I won't win an encounter with a vehicle. 
Nope, can't be done. Human body cannot do that. <laughs> well, anyway, this uh, just a piece of advice. I did see that yesterday. I was, they didn't come out with the person's name yet, and I was a little concerned that yeah. maybe we would know the person, but uh, hope not. Anyway, last night my uh, Denfeld Hunters uh, ended up not going to the state tournament for another year. Bummer. They got roughed up pretty good by East. Yeah, yeah. Six to one or something like that. Is that what it was? I heard the last score I heard was five to nothing, but. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I'll give you a couple of quick other ones because there are some. In- you know, what's interesting that Natalie Zelesnikar said she's going over to the XL tonight to watch uh, the Mirage, which is made up of East or uh, of Hermantown and Proctor girls. But they got a big, big. Uh, game tonight. You know who they play in their first game? Do they play War Road? Yeah, they yeah. play War Road. Defending champions from well, last year. slay the dragon. There you go. <laughs> anyway, last night, the other games, the other the other uh, boys games around the area, uh, Gary Dimbero scored for uh, Rock Ridge his 18th goal of the season, but he did it in the fourth overtime, quadruple overtime, as he and his teammates uh, uh, defeated, I think, who did they beat? Grand Rapids. No, 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 they're going to go up against Grand Rapids. Who were they playing? Uh, I'm trying to think of who it was I think St. Cloud uh, beat Rozo. Uh, Rockridge beat Forest Lake. Forest Lake, there you go. Four Grand overtimes. Rapids, yeah, four overtimes. Yeah, and he put the biscuit in the basket with like eighteen seconds into the fourth overtime. <laughs> nice. Must have been must have been rocking big time. Anyway, Grand Rapids defeated Cambridge Isanti nine to nothing. Ooh, yeah, big time. Andover defeated Duluth Marshall six one. Proctor. Beat North Shore. Now, we found out that North Shore is, uh, what, kind of a combination of uh, Silver Bay and Two Harbors? Something like Proctor that. Proctor anyway, won that they game? Beat, yeah, Proctor won 5-1. to one. Go Rails. So they will advance, they will advance to the uh, game against Hermantown at Amsoil Arena. Boy, gotta, that's going to be a big, big one, huh? Got to play a good game. Yep. Yep. Just start swinging your sticks. You'll beat them. Well, let's see. What, what else did they have? Yeah. <laughs> Hibbing, Hibbing and Chisholm beat Greenway last night, 4-1. to one. Uh, Cloquet, you know, I'm surprised that Cloquet Esco Carlton is down in uh, in AA. I'm, I'm surprised that they're still not up in the, in the bigger, uh, you know, the same division as East and Denfeld. But they played Ely last night and defeated Ely... 12 to nothing. Yeah, well, they dropped down from Class AA. Did they? Is that okay. what it was? Yeah, they were okay. they were AA, and then they elected to go to A. I mean, they fall within the parameters, so they did that. And, uh, wow, 12 nothing. Mm-hmm. Huh? And then you got Hermantown. They're the other, like I say, they're the other finalist in 7A. Uh, they defeated International Falls last night 14 to nothing. Yeah, you know, that's, well, okay. 
So it's uh, you know going to be some big games as we go along. Say, uh, not that anybody's following this, but I did notice this morning that the trial has started. Jury selection is being uh, handled today in the uh, in the case against that uh, armor from the movie Rusk. Remember that? More than two years ago, after cinematographer Halon Hutchins was fatally shot on the New Mexico set of Rust, the film's weapon handler is set to go on trial in the case. Armor Hannah Gutierrez has cha- was charged with two counts of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the October 20, uh, 2021 onset death. She faces an additional charge of tampering with evidence. What's that all about? Have you been following this case at all? Well, I've just been hearing the headlines, and that's all. Yeah, the state prosecutor claimed she handed off a small bag of coal. This is interesting. She faces an additional charge of tampering with evidence with state prosecutor claiming she handled off a small bag of cocaine following her interview with police on the day of the shooting. So I guess they're assuming that she was under the influence of narcotics when she was handling those weapons that should have been handled properly. Anyway, we'll find out as we go on. We have, uh, we have a caller on the line. We have Pierre from over in the eastern suburbs of Twig. <laughs> I love the way I love the way he comes up with these eastern suburbs of Twig. What would that be, Pierre? I'm trying to listen. I talk too much Uh, sometimes. No, I'm over uh, the hill. I'm not. I have an address that could be Duluth, but I don't live in Duluth. But I'm going to go to this politics thing. Yes, you have a subject called medical. They shouldn't be able to add other bills and stuff on it about highways or some other topic. You should stay right on focus, and let's work with the medical or if it's education. You don't bring highway bills on education, and that they got to stop paying these politicians pensions for life. They don't need a pension mm. for life. Six years, you know, or whatever. They're not no union, you know, whatever way. And this... Uh, gun thing this guy that just shot up the people i don't know if he was married to the woman or not they should have i guess he shot himself or killed himself i'm not sure but he's dead Yeah, he did yeah if they have the guns or weapons that he had they should might be able to um track back if they're handguns but if they're rifles or some of those there there's not really tracks on them unless they're currently purchased somehow yeah, he had one rifle, the way I've read it anyway, he had one rifle and two handguns when they found him, when they, he had shot himself. But, uh, yeah, they're gonna, the, the rifle might be hard to track down if the serial number and everything has been shaved off of it. You can use well, ballistics sometimes with the handguns to find out where they came from, but uh, it yeah. might be a tough job. Yeah. Well, back with your good friend that was just on a little bit ago, Mr. Dan, from uh, south on the southern side of southern uh, was Duluth. What is it, Renshaw? But Renshaw, again, yeah. About talking about these social workers, and if this guy was on some kind of monitoring group for whatever reason, the people that are supposed to watch him, how many cases do they have? Social workers. 
you go to court and you got a, a pre, um, what do you call it, public pretender? They got yeah. 80 or 100 cases. They can't even handle the cases. They have too many. You ever interview That's anyone? That's true. Did you yeah. interview? Who did you interview? When did you interview? What did you learn? You know, there's a whole pile of papers here. Did you ever interview any of those people? You never did? I'm not getting represented then. It's called a public pretender program, not yeah. public defender. <laughs> it's pretender, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, these people are handling way too many cases. But, well, you know, why is it, why is it though, that with the state of Minnesota that we would be trying to pass new gun legislation to keep guns out of law-abiding citizens' hands that's a waste. You know, of time. things things like banning magazine sales and things like that. To, you know, that to use just a regular capacity magazine, when you've got guys like this running around that are buying firearms illegally that he's not even supposed to have at all, and well, nobody's he, keeping he, track he, of him. Right, he might have stole it somewhere. Yeah, all of that is a variable. We don't have the crystal ball. But back when yeah. you're saying about some of these things, that these legislators and passing. We don't need a new flag. Whoever hired no. these people, you're all fired. All of you, fired. We don't need a new flag. Let's get on to business. Keep Minnesota and our money here. Don't be giving our foreign countries all over the world. We can't go into more debt. Good no more stuff. Debt. It, it, like whoever, all the United States. And now you hear people say, I want to be an American. They just came from Mexico. <laughs> They're not, they already <laughs> American. They came from Peru. Yeah. Still, they came from Canada. They're still an American. They got to get these exactly. The you know the, the, that's so true because you look at us. I mean, I'm I'm Swedish, Irish, and English, but I don't consider myself a Swede and Irish or English. I consider myself an American, and I always right. have. Now when, maybe that's because mind, I'm generations along, but still. When the Merrick family discovered up on the range, and they needed people. People came from all over the world, and I want yep. to buy my spaghetti from in Chisholm from a certain name, and there's another one about um, inhibiting about buying my sausage. And there I want you go. Recipe. Some of those are not because you know because you know they here. know how to I make it right. Job done. Dig a hole. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Pierre. We got to take our first break here. Pierre's going to go back to the flag, twig flag, flying over eastern suburb, but twig. We'll be back right after this break. KDAL time is 130, 40 degrees down at the Army Corps of Engineers in Canal Park, 40 degrees, 42 degrees in Superior right now, and up in Eveleth, Minnesota, uh, 30 six degrees so very mild my goodness and it's gonna stay this way and uh the snow banks are gone it just it's uh man i'll tell you it's kind of weird i don't know that i like it i mean i do are you uh are you taking any bets on whether there's going to be any more snow this year are we going to get a little bit here there march is a very snowy month for us uh april can be a very snowy month uh may on average we see about an inch. So to say, to say we're not going to see any more snow, I don't think is going to happen. But ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It, 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 we are going to end up with drought conditions if this continues on because the yeah. water tables are low. Yeah. Ice yeah. is very minimal. Yeah. Anyway, we got a caller on the line, Phil, from up on the North Shore. Uh, Phil, what's uh, what's on your agenda here this afternoon? 
Well, Brad, I wanted to talk, uh, and first of all, thanks for taking my call. I think what we're enjoying here is some uh, climactic seasonal disorder, which means our <laughs> seasons are our seasons are out of whack. Okay, we're getting spring and summer when it should be. Okay, besides that, now I want to talk about the Burnsville thing, Brad, because I'm not going to hold you at fault here, but you're reading the narrative that we're getting from the media with regards to this story, and you're driving home, uh, all this about the guy, how much he made, where he worked, and all this, correct? Right. You with sure. me? Okay, well, let's, let's, I want to get back to what the other caller said. We expect a grade of service from our health and human services departments in the government at the county level and at the city level. The police must know this guy, he must be on a list, let's put it that way. So the bag should be held with the Health and Human Services Department, whoever. Again, Brad, our services that we're expecting are not being provided to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I, I understand. But I think what the caller, what Pierre was saying, was that these people have so many cases. You know, we don't yeah. have enough service workers. We don't have enough uh, yes probation workers we don't have enough people keeping eyes on these guys otherwise yes. somebody would have known that this guy had collected firearms when he shouldn't have had right. them. And, and brad the case there is that we don't have the places to put these guys we don't have the prisons we don't have okay so i just throw that out there but again i want to make a point here that when the roles were reversed when we had a guy that was killed by a cop it caused ripples around the world with regards to people oh, yeah. and their unrest. We're experiencing nothing, and we're talking three to one here. We lost three. The other incident, they lost one. Brad, something's wrong, and it starts with the media narrative. Thank you very much. Well, of course, what, what Phil is referring to is the George Floyd incident where uh, police officers— uh, uh, held a guy down, held him in a chokehold long enough that he passed away, and reverb that reverberated in protests, burning of buildings, closing down neighborhoods, all over, all over the United States for sure. Not just uh, Minnesota; it was happening in Detroit. It was happening in Chicago. Why? Well, because it was a whole group of people that were using that one thing as a flashpoint to uh, make a point about something. But, I mean, they burn precincts down. They uh... Listen, I, I'm worried when you have a governor like Tim Walls that says in an interview about this particular case in Burnsville, here's his exact words. Walls said, there's no easy answer for this, but this individual was banned from having firearms. So we need to find out. How did he get them? Did someone help? Are there penalties in there to make sure that doesn't happen? Well, <laughs> come on, Governor. Are there penalties in there? In where? In the law? In, in, and to make sure that this doesn't happen? Well, obviously, as, uh, as Pierre said and as Phil says, somebody is dropping the ball. This guy was on a list that he was never able to to own a firearm. Now, somebody's going to pay big time if we find out that a legal firearm sales place, some legal uh, store, gun store, sold him the firearms. 
But I doubt that that happened because, first of all, he's on a list. They they would uh, they'd run him into the database and they'd find out immediately that he wasn't supposed to have one. But are they going to hold? Here's the question, really, the answer to all of these. Are they going to hold the person responsible that sold him or gave them the firearms that he killed lawmen with? In other words, they're going to find out somehow, some way, that this uh, Shannon Gooden acquired these firearms from somebody. With his kind of income, with $144,000 a year in income, he probably bought them from somebody uh, that was selling illegal guns that they had stolen or something. When they find that person, are they going to make them responsible and put them away? Because you know what? If they do that, make an example of that person. If there are laws, and I don't know, Governor Walls obviously doesn't know either because he's asking are there penalties in there to make sure this doesn't happen? If there are, lock the person up for as long as the penalties say and make sure you make an example out of them and maybe it won't happen again. Uh, but then again, maybe it will. Anyway, we got to go to CBS News, folks. We'll be back shortly. KDAL time is 140. Uh, we've got, uh, what do we have here? Let's go back down to uh, Army Corps of Engineers. Oh, there it is, 41 degrees. Winds are light out of the southwest. And, Brad, we have a first-time caller, Mary from Castle Danger. She's listening on the radio in her car, says the reception is pretty good. Oh, the Castle Danger's up there a ways, so that's that's great. Well, Mary, we always get a first-time caller right on the air. So uh, what's on your mind this afternoon here on a Wednesday? Yeah, well, I just wanted to back you up just a little bit when you were talking about um, the George Floyd deal. You you yeah. really need to watch the fall of Minneapolis on YouTube. Oh, um, you know what? I have. You're absolutely yeah. right. I yeah. have. That was that was eye opening, wasn't it? Yeah. So I guess I was a little surprised to hear you uh, say the narrative that we all were given instead of coming out and saying what the truth was. So I was just a little surprised. So I'm glad you watched it. That's awesome. We all need to be a, a little more aware of what's going on, right? Yeah, and you know what? If you have not seen it yet, Northlanders, you can just simply put into your computer the fall of Minneapolis, and it'll come up. You can watch it on the Internet. Great, correct. And then getting back to um, the tragedy um, with this gentleman and, and all these children, um, you know, he must have been on a list, and I heard that from you. I'm, I don't know for sure. But I heard it from you, so I'm assuming it's true that he was on a list. He should not have guns. Um, well, that's yes. fine and dandy, but we don't want bigger government. You know, it's bad enough that they pretty much can tell exactly what exact our moves are in every minute of, of the day. But, um, you know, there's no place to pin mental health or poor mental health. You, nobody can pin that anywhere. Because we can't know what everybody is going to do or thinking or collecting all these guns. We can't know everything all the time. And I feel like we expect that because we're in this instant world with our Internet. So there should be somebody to blame. And there should be an answer because we're so quick well, to I, answer. I agree with what you're saying, Mary. But but I, I got to ask you the question. 
when you've got a guy like this that has committed so many different uh, abuses of women in the past, he's had three or four different restraining orders put on himself, he's had... uh, He's threatened other women. He's beat women, kicked the legs out from under them, knocked them downstairs. But so many of them have been frightened that they won't even go to court to prosecute mm-hmm. him. Isn't there somebody that should have been watching this individual um, to know that, uh, you know, there's, there's a problem here with this guy? Yeah, yeah no, and I don't disagree. Um, but um, as I think maybe someone in your studio might have said, too, there's just not enough people. There's not enough cops. There's not enough probation officers. There's not enough social workers. There's not, you know, should there have been home visits maybe for the kids? Some of those kids live there, I'm sure. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, I I don't know. It's a tough... You know, Mary, here's another tough call. As I was reading the one story out of the Pioneer Press this morning about this particular case, a friend of the of the one woman, um, Torres, I think was the woman's name, a friend of hers uh, said that, uh, you know, her children now, the children that were there, there were three different groups of children, his children mm-hmm. from a first marriage, his children from another relationship, their children that they had together, and then she had three children prior, they asked the question, these kids are going to be traumatized. I mean, we're talking about five- and six-year-old kids and 10- and 12-year-old kids. How do, how do they go on? How do they go on from here? What, uh, what kind of services are available for them? There's probably a lot, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, they're going to need years and years and years of counseling and security and people in their path, parents, grandparents, that can show them the way. And hopefully somewhere God will put people in their path to help them through that. But yes, I completely, my heart, when you said that, it's just, yeah, we talked about it on the way up here yesterday. We're we're from the cities, from St. Paul, and okay. um, we were talking about that on the way up. You know, those children saw all that, what's going to happen. Um, I'm not a professional at, you know, anything, but, you know, live and learn. These kids will need many years of good counseling and finding oh. Christ, and hopefully that that's where it would go. But yeah. That would be my guess. That would be my wish for them. Um, and, you know, prayers on our part that those people get put in, in those little kids' place in their path, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that's all we can all uh, hope for, I think, is uh, is uh, a little help from the from the government agencies. But this woman, the woman that was her friend, talked about mm-hmm. starting a GoFundMe page to take care mm-hmm. of expenses. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. The, the state has all kinds of programs to help out with this. Uh, the people mm-hmm. that really need the help, but there are programs for them too, are the families of the police officers and, and paramedics that were killed. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. the ones that are going to need help. Right. And, you know, they did set up a fund that goes directly to um, the families. And that, yes. I believe that website is on, like, for us in the cities, it's KTIS um, 98.5, our Christian station up there. 
it's on right. their website as far as yeah. So, but yes, they need the money um, on on this first case that we're talking about. Um, uh, this gentleman that took out three of our productive, wonderful people out of our society. They don't need right. money. They need mental health. They need help. They need mental health. You're right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So many people. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Mary, for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh, we always appreciate new callers, but especially when they make some common sense. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to come back and talk about the donations uh, available and how you can do that if you so desire to help these families out. There are some great people out there that have set up some good programs. We're going to take our, take our break here, and then we'll be back with more. KDAL time is one fifty-three, and Brad, we've got 45 degrees in McGregor, Minnesota, not that far away from where Margaret from Wood Magic, where her sister is. Uh, we do have Margaret on the phone from Wood Magic. Super, super. Margaret, uh, we always love talking to you, especially when you're in the mode that you have been for the last year or longer uh, celebrating your 40th anniversary by giving people 40% discounts on purchases if they happen to come into your store, put their name in the drawing, and you draw it. You draw every week. People got to be so happy that they get drawn. They are. They are. And uh, the sun is shining. What a beautiful day we have up here in northern Minnesota. It's right outside of Duluth. We're up in Hermantown. You know, it's just kind of. Not too far from anybody that's out driving around. We're easy to there find. There you go. Vicka Miller trunk. And today the name that I drew, and she just put down her first name, so it's Charlotte. So we'll see who okay. Charlotte is after we hang up the phone. But, um, yes, they do get excited. And, they, you know, I always have a better chance here than the lottery, so... Come on in. All you have to do is sign your name and phone number and, and wait to see if you get a call from from me one of the, the weeks that we're open. And, uh, yeah, and then you can, you can go in and buy anything you want. You can buy 10 items, 20 items, and you get 40% off on every item. It's fantastic. Yep, for that one day, for that one purchase. But it, it's, yes. people are excited, and it's... Um, we're up at 5105 Miller Trunk Highway. I recommend that you give us a call before you come in, 218-390-1312. 218-390-1312. We're open Tuesday through Friday, 11 to 3, and Saturday from 11 to 2, or by appointment. So if you're coming through and you think, oh, I bet they're going to be closed, give a call, and I'd be happy to, to wait for you. So... 218-390-1312-5105 Miller Trunk Highway, nine rooms, and anybody that's been in and signed up their name, they, they know what we have up here. So Absolutely. Uh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Collectible items galore, things you want to have in your home. Thank you, Margaret. Appreciate it so much. Now, sure. folks, I'm going to give you this address one time because it's very short. I mean, we, we're getting short of time here. If you would like to donate to the families of these officers that were shot and killed, uh, the EMT, the EMT or the police officers, you can make donations by mailing them because they're concerned that there might be fraudulent organizations out there. 
that are trying to make money off of this. So they suggested there is only one organization that they recommend, the Law Enforcement Labor Service Benevolent Fund, Inc., Attention Burnsville Heroes, 2700 Freeway Boulevard, Suite 700, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. Now, this might be something, Kenny, that we'd want to put up on our Facebook page, but it's the Law Enforcement Labor Services Benevolent Fund, Attention Burnville Heroes, 2700 Freeway Boulevard, Suite 700, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. Now, there are two organizations out there that have done some beautiful things for families like this. Uh, Those two organizations are the Frontline Foundation. It's given a total of 60,000 to the families, while the Minnesota 100 Club announced it's giving a total of 150,000 to the families. And a lot of this is to provide support and help prior to the full death benefits being paid out. The police officers have good insurance. They've got to have because they're putting their lives on the line and uh, they their families will get a death benefit. But sometimes it takes weeks, as this story says, takes weeks, sometimes even months for the benefits to be realized. So in the meantime, those two organizations have stepped up. Frontline Foundation is giving $60,000 to the families, and the Minnesota 100 Club is giving a total of 150000 to the families. So thank God there are great organizations like that out there that are doing uh, kind work. Um, but as, uh, as our new caller, first-time caller Mary from Castle Danger said, these children are going to need years of mental help, mental health, Can you imagine being 10, 12 years of age, hiding in a closet, hugging the ground, hugging your other, uh, you know, children that you're with because bullets are flying all over the place? Um, It's it's not a good situation. It scars scars adults, men in war for years and years. You can imagine what it does to children. Say, Bradley, we're at the end of the show here, and Northern News Now has identified the man that was uh, fatally uh, hit uh, up on Skyline Parkway. According to Duluth Police, uh, Kenneth Bickle, 70 of Duluth, was walking on Skyline and 5th when he was hit by a car and died from his injuries after being taken to a local hospital. Yes. Kenneth Bickle. Okay. Name does not ring a bell, but he's a local person, and I'm sure it does with some people listening. So... Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow right here on Sound Off with more. Your home for Bulldog Hockey.